Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. You don't pay a guy $250 million just to be a good quarterback. You pay that guy to help you compete at a championship level, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know that Tua can do that. Now, I'm not trying to move the goalposts. The first priority this year was to make sure that he could stay healthy, but he's also led the league in passing yards. He leads the league in completion percentage, yet he's 13th in QBR. So what that tells me is a lot of his production is about the pieces around him, and it's also about the X's and O's that Mike McDaniel dials up. Now, I'm not knocking him for being able to execute, but it's also about value over replacement relative to what other quarterbacks could do in that same system with that same talent. I'm not sure that Tua is head and shoulders above the field. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Well, there's a hot take for you. Uh, that was uh, earlier today on Unsportsmanlike with uh, Chris Canty on uh, ESPN Honolulu. Tua hasn't played well enough to earn a huge deal, is what he's saying. And I thought the he used a baseball term uh, for those sabermetrics lovers. Wins against replacement. War. Uh, and I hate sabermetrics, but we get to use it here. Um, I almost feel like Miami put him in a position to kind of eliminate that wins against or actually embolden those who might use wins against replacement, right? Because uh, you stack up your your you stack up areas so much like bringing in Tyreek Hill and, and Mostert at running back that all of a sudden you wonder if Tua gets hurt, can someone plug and play? And no. You don't think so? No. Okay. No. And I think this is one of those uh, attention-grabbing headline kind of things to just poke the bear mm-hmm. a little bit. The The Miami Dolphins are still th- number one in the AFC East, last time I checked. Yeah. And it, it's going to come down to them against Buffalo this weekend. And I completely agree with him where the, the number one worry coming into the season was, can Tua stay healthy? And he has. A lot having to do with the new helmet, taking Taekwondo, Mm -hmm. um, some martial arts stuff, and also getting the ball out of his hand a little bit quicker. Um, Hats off to Mike McDaniel and also Tyreek Hill helping him have the season that he has. Um, I think he is... mm, I'm thinking about this right now. (laughs) It, It seems like the media likes to crap on Tua the way they like to crap on Russell Wilson. He's the new Russell Wilson. I wouldn't go that far. I think the sports media, pundit, I don't want to say sports media, pundits have, I I think I would agree with you if it were a year or two ago, pundits have been a lot kinder to him this year. And partly because he's, like you said, he stayed healthy. He hasn't put himself in positions to be criticized. I mean, he had, you know, that one salty to a moment, which is kind of cool because it, it seems like he's got a chip on his shoulder and all that stuff. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson like gets way more criticism than, than Tua does. But I think I'm thinking early, earlier in Russell's R- Russ's career. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'll put it this way. If you're Miami, I, I feel like we should, I feel like we have to talk about the war part of it, and I feel like we we have to talk about um, whether he is franchise-changing or not 
because while he is healthy, while I do believe, is he a top five quarterback? Yes, I'm a big believer in that. You have a decision to make when he's an un, uh, an unrestricted free agent in 2025. He's going to make $23 million next year, 23.1. They gave him the fifth-year option uh, to give him that time. Would I say he's earned an opportunity for something bigger next year? Sure, I believe he has. But I do wonder, can he afford a playoff loss? Like, hmm. if, if your job is to be a franchise quarterback that takes you to a Super Bowl and to win a bunch of games, the games that matter, um, do you need a playoff win in order to say, you know what? That locks in that he's a franchise guy. We want him for another five years. Like a first-round bounce, would that almost be harmful to him given that Miami has, what, what one big win all year, technically? And I and I and I think for a team that's invested so much around him, it might be kind of fair to you, wonder, hey, um, we we need to think long and hard about this one. This is not a uh, this is not a you know definite. We're going to give you thirty million dollars uh, or extend your contract and give you thirty million dollars in twenty twenty four. Do you hold a first round or a, a a one playoff victory higher than a division title? Yes, Um, because with a franchise QB, I think you have him for playoff wins. Um, Division titles are good, uh, but division titles don't always tell the story of what you've done over the course of the year. The AFC East is weaker than it's been before. Um, You know, credit the fact that that Buffalo's there, but the Patriots stink, the Jets stink. Um, And the the Jets are not the Jets of what they were supposed to be this season. That's right. That's right. Um, you ultimately, I think most people are not judged by, unless you're a coach, but I, I'd even say now coaches aren't necessarily judged by whether you win divisions. You can win a division, but if you can't win a playoff game, um, you're going to be judged harshly by that. And I think it's okay to judge quarterbacks in that, in that same category of, Hey, you got to get playoff wins, um, you know, in, in order to get there. And, um, I would give Tua a bunch of money, but I would I would actually wait till maybe like midway next year or at the end of next year to start you know the negotiating tactics and all that stuff to kind of figure it out. My my only rebuttal to all of this mm-hmm. is football is more of a team sport mm-hmm. than the other team sports. Right. Baseball, one guy can absolutely dominate a lineup. Dominate a pitching staff, absolutely. Um, basketball, LeBron, prime LeBron, could absolutely take over games and single-handedly influence wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Football, it's extremely difficult to do that with just one guy. So it, in some ways, it's a concoction yeah. of good players. I don't think Tyreek Hill has a 2,000... A two thousand yard season without Tua, and so in a similar fashion, when the Chiefs were moving and grooving, it was it's a concoction. Mm-hmm. Mahomes at quarterback, um, Kelsey at tight end. Right. Uh, whenever Tyreek was over there, he's over there. Andy Reid calling the offense. Uh, the, a great offensive line. It's it's a combination of all of those things. You know what I can't believe, and I and. 
I hadn't realized this until a few minutes ago. Tua Tagovailoa has not played a postseason game. Yeah. And I, I, he feels like he's been good enough, but again, the injuries. Yep. This is the best. Um, this is the best group of of talent around him. But I, I think that's where it, it does highlight that. Right? Is okay. Um, you need a, a a playoff win. Maybe I I won't say two, but it's like one playoff win kind of gives you the ability to say, hey, we're going somewhere. And uh, he, he's got the best chance to do it right now. Let's say hi to John, who's holding on here at 808-296-1420. John, hello. Hey, I would uh, fall on the side where uh, Tua needs to get the extension in the, the contract. But uh, I know this is like last year, but, uh, you know, they say, well, anybody, you plug and play, anybody can be in there. They had that, like, five-game winning streak going on. He got hurt, and they lost all those games. And then they started winning again. Uh, as soon as he came back. So there is a difference, like, with the Dolphins, like, when he's in there compared to, like, when he's not in there. I understand they need to beat some more, um, like, uh, playoff-caliber teams and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, they thought it was kind of uh, ridiculous when Tyreek Hill said that uh, he throws a more accurate ball than um, the Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. But, but maybe he does. I mean, you know, it's kind of it's starting to look like that. So... I don't know who this guy was that you were playing that stuff on the radio, but I'm just saying, uh, like, that whole thing was uh, ridiculous, what he was talking about. Yeah, it was Chris Canty earlier today and on Sportsman Like on ESPN Honolulu. John, thank you for calling in. Happy New Year, John. And, and you know, I, I get it, right? I mean, um, it, this doesn't mean, and I want to make my end clear of it because I, I don't completely agree with, with Chris either. Um, it, it doesn't say that Tua is not talented, but I think I, I I think I said this at the beginning of the year. I, I I probably said it to you was that this was a a show me year for him with the you know the injury that happened with Miami, you know mortgaging itself for now. Uh, well, they've continued to. I mean, they just did even more of that this year. That this was a year that Tua needed to show um, that he can be that healthy, uh, really good quarterback. And I would I would argue. He has checked almost every box. Um, you know, if, if I gave you five boxes, he's checked off four. Um, the fifth one is the playoff win uh, in a in a in a playoff appearance. And so I would I would understand waiting. I would extend his contract. I don't know if I'd make him. I mean, at, at this point, if you're going to extend people's contracts, you're going to make him the highest paid quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I don't know that yep. I'd, I'd I'd go that far. Uh, but I'd say based on his work ethic and what he's done to take his career seriously. Yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd give him that chance. I, I'd give him, I don't know if I'd give him five more years, but I might, I might extend him a couple years. Absolutely. I, I feel like if they beat Buffalo this weekend and they win the AFC East, they will be 12 and five. Mm-hmm. And if that takes place, they will be one of only four other teams Potentially five if Philly gets it done this week against the Giants, which they should. Um, uh, Philly's been kind of kind of iffy lately. Okay, then four and a half, <laughs> four and a half other teams. Yeah. Uh, to me, that puts you right up there in the in the conversation for elite quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and the going rate with those quarterbacks is as such. Right. Where you need to pay to play the game, or if not pull a Shohei, put all of that off for later um, 
to continue to build this team out. Um, because I, I feel like if they win the East, that there, there was big concern that the Jets were going to come in and steal steal the East. We, we all know what happened before it even started. And you and I both believed it was kind of, that was overrated talk to totally. begin with. Yeah, that, that was that was uh, a lot of talk. Um, but to to me, even apart from not a, a deep playoff run, because I think it's. Uh, goes without saying that Baltimore is the team of the AFC. Absolutely. It's it's not even close. Um with with peaking at this particular moment and uh and playing w- well when they need to. Um that they, they are the the main team, but Miami is not the same without number 1 out there uh slinging it around. Let me let me follow back to something you asked me. Um what's more important, a, a division title or a playoff win? If you're if you're grading someone on wh- what you would determine would would make you give them a, another couple of years in a contract extension or you'd make them a top five highest paid quarterback in the league is it is it playoff wins or is it division titles? Well, I'm I'm sure a division title has to be a line on the incentive sheet. Oh yeah, sure, has to be right. But it, forget incentives. Okay, just for you, what's more important? Yeah, I, it's that that's interesting because I think of the Dolphins from an expectation standpoint that they are going to do well in the playoffs. I'd be shocked if they don't do well. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, outside of Baltimore, I think they're my number two right now in the AFC. So with that being said, if they get toppled by Jacksonville or let's say, you know, maybe it is a Kansas City matchup. And, and I take Miami over Kansas City. I think I would too. Yeah. But if it boils down and it's a it's a nail biter and Mahomes leads a a two minute drill down the field and they kick a field goal to win it. I don't know if you again we'll have to wait and see, but right. I don't think that's enough to hinder Tua's future contract stuff. By the way, if the season ended today, Buffalo and uh, well, I'm sorry, it would be Miami and Indy. Yep. In a first round matchup, and hey, uh, Gardner Minshew would like to have a word with you on uh, plug and play quarterbacks. The mustache <laughs> would like to talk to you. Yes, yes, he would. Um, we'll get to some of your text messages on this uh, coming up in a little bit. Our Zephyr Insurance text lines at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Also coming up uh, in about fifteen minutes, to his brother is in the news. We'll make this the unofficial Tonga Vailoa hour. Uh, his brother's in the news because Taulia has entered the transfer portal after mm-hmm. becoming the Big Ten's all-time passing leader, setting marks in the conference, setting marks at Maryland. He's entering the portal, um, but this might be the first instance that maybe I know of. Um, maybe I've just missed a few where I wonder if him going into the portal is taking advantage of the portal for the wrong reasons. We'll talk about that coming up in about 15 minutes' time. Coming up on Tuesday, it is Call the Coach, presented by Paxa at Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. And uh, it is with men's volleyball coach Charlie Wade, Hawaii 1-0, looking to go 2-0 tonight against 10th-ranked Loyola Chicago. You'll hear a lot about these matchups Tuesday night at Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. And also learn a little bit about this Warrior Ball 24 team. Uh, Ruby Tuesday specials, prize giveaways, and a lot more Tuesday night, 6.30. Call the coach at Charlie Wade here on ESPN Honolulu. Your reactions to uh, whether Tua deserves 
potentially a, a, an extension after his contract winds down. That's coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, also coming up on the show today, we've got a bunch of tickets to check out Rainbow Wahine basketball uh, Saturday night against CSUN. I didn't know this until uh, going to the game last night. They're going to be unveiling their retro unis. Fun. Oh, those look good. They look really good. Uh, Football hasn't had a retro uni in forever. I I also think football's kind of exhausted the retro uni. Like, I, I remember... When they brought out the old one with the uh, the rainbow stripes near the, uh, okay. the shoulders, I still have that in my closet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was in the Chow era. Yeah, that's right. Yep. How, ma- how many more okay. retro jerseys can you bring out? Now, I do. I have a theory on this. Oh, do you? I talked about it a little bit whenever I, I did Kanoa's show uh-huh. earlier in the week. One little adage that would be so sick. If we put the H on the shoulder pad, oversized, on top of the shoulder pad, similar to the Michigan um, Rose Bowl mm-hmm, situation mm-hmm. where they had the M on top right there. Okay. It has a 90s slash 80s feel to it that I haven't seen us try. It would be kind of cool. Like, you know how the old days where your pads were super huge and yes. I had like Mike Allstott in totally. my head. Yep. With the uh, the, the neck guard yeah. go- going behind the helmet. Right. Uh, I haven't seen us try that one yet and or if if we don't go with that go with the old school um you over the age with the rainbow oh, okay. and put that on the shoulders that would be kind of cool It'd be um but yeah check that out tomorrow night and uh you know that's the 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 side note to the fact that the rainbow wahine have a chance to go three and zero in conference because uh uh, they won pretty convincingly yesterday over Cal State Bakersfield in their conference home opener. Did a really nice job with the uh, uh, women in sports night, too. Mm. Uh, women in business night they had yesterday. Oh, you know what? And I know we got to get to Tua um, and, and get to some of the texts. But while uh, while we were gone, while I was on vacation, while while we were off because of uh, some of the games and everything, I, I didn't tell you about the promotion that has, has been rolling every night inside the arena. The mystery box promotion. If you haven't seen it, you gotta go, you, you gotta check it out, Hunter at the Games. It's the mystery box promotion. And they take a contestant and they give the contestant a prize. And they say, Hey, you can have this, um, or you can choose what's inside the mystery box. And they it's this big box and they roll it out on <laughs> on a cart. And uh, you can choose which one you want. So, oh, what was it? Saturday? Yeah, it was Saturday. It was it was the men's game against Cal State Fullerton. <laughs> I loved this. There's a six year old kid, and they say to him, "Hey, you know, you've got a twenty five dollar gift uh, gift card to Baskin Robbins." Okay. And uh, was it was it it was Billy V? And he's like, "Hey, do you love ice cream?" And the kid's like. I've never had ice cream. I think he said my parents won't let me or something like that. Oh. Which, hey, good parents. You're, you're, you're parenting well. Um, you know, wait I'm till sure a certain I'm sure there was age. some booze. Not at that point. So, Oh, boy. <laughs> just wait for it. So they give him the opportunity. You have Baskin-Robbins gift card, or you can choose what's inside the box. And it was mixed because, of course, kids never had ice cream. Hey, why not have the Baskin Robbins gift card? So there's that, or there's the box. So you know, there's there's people who want both. Kid 
naturally, you know, six-year-olds are naturally curious, mm-hmm. chooses the box. So everybody's waiting with this, all this excitement. What's in the box? They open up the box. It's a six-pack of Costco brand toilet paper. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I have never heard so many more boos in my life at oh. Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center than the booing that was raining down on the toilet paper that the six-year-old kid won. That was, that okay. was so amazing. If you know <laughs> what's in the box, like the promotions team, yeah. why would you pick a six-year-old kid? Well, it's random. I mean, you, you draw from like a... Uh, they they have a drawing and they choose someone for the drawing. So it's not like they planned a six year old kid. It's just who they drew. That's, and I'm sure they're probably. Brutal. I'm sure they're probably thinking too. He's gonna take the ice cream, right? He's got to. He's a six year old kid who doesn't love ice cream. Tell you what, that's probably that the kid. last UH game this kid's ever gonna go to. <laughs> no, I'm sure, and I don't know the answer to it. I'm Thanks sure. for coming. Here's some TP. <laughs> I'm sure. That in the, you know, when, when everything was done, I'm sure they were like, ah, we'll, we'll give them the gift card and uh, take home the toilet paper too. I'm, I'm pr- I, I don't know it for sure, but I'm sure to make the six-year-old happy, they probably gave, gave him the ice cream. Did Although, they just again, grab he, that from a janitor's closet? I don't know. I don't, I don't know the answer oh to that. Oh, my gosh. But you know what? Uh, toilet paper's cheap at Costco. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it breaks the, the, the marketing budget to get toilet paper. But... Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure. I just wonder what the parents were thinking at the time. That he's admitted that he's never had ice cream. So what happens from there? Uh, let's get Ray here. Ray, I got about a minute, my friend. Go ahead. Hey guys, how's it going, Ray? Hey, what's up, Ray? For the men's basketball team, boo on Billy. Billy should have said, "You know what? Here's the ticket," and said, "Have a, some ice cream on us." Mm-hmm. That place would have gone nuts. Just my two cents. <laughs> Just, I, w- I would have sprung the ice cream for the kid. You know what I mean? Totally. I wonder how the parents would feel, though, if he's never had ice cream before. Oh. Let them eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. It I'm empty. with you, Ray. Oh, man. We're ice cream, brother. It's the holidays. It's about controlling it's, the crowd. I don't think they did that very well. It's marketing, baby. Have a good New Year, brothers. Good to talk to you. Oh, same to you, Ray. I'll see you at the arena soon. <laughs> oh, Ray. Yeah. I, I, I do wonder, too. Give the parents the ice cream. What's the kid thinking? Hey, I want that. You've never let me have ice cream before. I want some of that. Would that be like the awkward parenting moment? That kid probably felt like the 2,025th <laughs> entry to men's volleyball the other night. You can play pigskin picks at ESPNHonolulu.com. We got another weekly prize here for week 18. Still got our grand prize of $1,000 cash at the end of the season. It's brought to you by M. Dyer Global and by Young's Fish Market. I promise the text's on Tua. And is Taulia using the transfer portal the wrong way? That's next. Hey, coming up later in the show, we've got Benny Ogbayani, former major leaguer, now the interim head baseball coach at St. Louis School. Uh, we'll talk with him coming up at uh, 5.30 this afternoon. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit later on. Uh, kind of excited about this. Uh, and I, you, know, you know me, Hunter. 
I am uh, I am usually somebody that is uh, anytime there's a a Big Island tie, you know. Oh uh, yeah. I will I will kind of lean into it a little bit. Malu Garcia, uh, Moana Lua volleyball player, who was committed to Iowa uh, originally from Hilo, moved up here. Uh, to continue her volleyball career and is uh, doing good things there at Moana Lua. Uh, she'll join us coming up at 4.30. She was just at one of the uh, Under Armour showcases hmm. uh, very recently, so we'll talk with her. Plus, uh, a whole bunch of uh, uh, women's basketball tickets to check out Hawaii and CSUN and those really cool retro jerseys tomorrow night. Uh, we'll give some of those away coming up in just a little bit. At the beginning of the show, uh, we played you Chris Canty's audio from Unsportsmanlike in which he said... Um, he doesn't think, and I'm paraphrasing, that Tua has done enough to earn a huge contract, mm-hmm. uh, contract extension. So we've gotten a couple of responses to that in our Zephyr Insurance text line. One of the things that I said was um, the, the, the plug-and-play thing kind of uh, you know, brings up the question. If you're wondering, do you give someone an extension based on the talent they have, they have brought in? Um, who are the Finns going to get? says the texter. They are not going to go after another QB. They are going to keep Tua because of his quick release and how it fits in Mike McDaniel's offense. Um, true. I, I don't I don't know anyone. The, the closest thing I could think of to getting rid of Tua in two years and figuring out a different solution to Russell Wilson. But other than that, I don't I don't know that anybody does fit as well as as he does in that offense. And yeah, I think right now to me, I can't get past the fact that they're one win away from from winning the division. And so if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like he – let's change the conversation a little bit. He's certainly done enough to remain the starter. Yes. Oh, no doubt. And no so doubt. if you are remaining the starter, the spoils will come with being – out of your rookie contract and being the starter of an NFL team. I mean, look what happened with Daniel Jones. Right. Even though it may or may not be merited. True. Uh, One more here from the 781. Lamar has only won one playoff game, Lamar Jackson, and he has been in the league a lot longer than Tua, and Lamar is not the pure passer Tua is. Football talk. I love it. Uh, Has Tua been in the MVP conversation? Maybe Mm -hmm. he was at the beginning of the year. He's not now. Lamar Jackson, I believe, is the MVP this year, and I don't yep. think anything's going to change that. He has won an MVP previously. So um, you can value playoff wins, but he is also arguably the best player at that position. This season? I'd say the last couple seasons. Mm. Since Tom Brady left. Mm. Who are you putting above Lamar? From the last couple of seasons? Yeah, let's say the last two years. Mahomes, Burrow, and Josh Allen. Okay. Uh, Burrow hurt for most of this year. I know, but you, we just said I, for the last it, couple it, of seasons. Yeah, I'm including this year. Um, Mahomes, ooh. Definitely Mahomes. Yeah, I'd put Mahomes there. Doesn't it feel like he's taking a step back this year? Yeah, I think that's the, the difference this yeah. season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like the, the last couple of seasons, Ooh. I would... Mm. And, you know, with the emergence of Hertz and you throw in Herbert in there, you throw in Brady from a couple of years ago, like it would be... Depending on who you're talking to, L- Lamar may not even crack the top five. Wow. 
Yeah, I, I he, see He had that. a phenomenal year this year. He unquestionably is the, the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of being devil's advocate where they, and I don't know what that is. Why, why don't we talk about Lamar more? I think because you expect it. They're winning. They're not controversial. Lamar's doing Lamar things. Um, it's almost like like a given. I, I think that's probably why we don't talk about him as much. I think there's a bigger race for like who's second. I'm wondering if it's because Baltimore is a lower market team. It's almost like Giannis playing on the Milwaukee Bucks. It might be something to that. And up until last year, Jokic playing on the Denver Nuggets. And I think the Ravens don't get as much national TV time. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I mean, every game's on national TV. Sure. Um, Where the Ravens but, aren't necessarily bumping teams out of primetime slots. Yeah. And like the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. Where I think it's been very public where we've seen the Chiefs take a step back. We had one bump this year, by the way. We had one, Only one. flex game. Hmm. And that was uh, Seahawks Eagles. They got flexed into Monday Night Football. I can't remember what game was flexed out of it. Um, but that ended up working out well because it was Seattle coming from behind late to win against right. Philly at home, mm-hmm. which was a heck of a game. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, usually those teams would be in that position. In the past, it would be a team like New England or it would be like a Dallas. Yeah. Um, also, but, let's not forget Rodgers was healthy the last few seasons. That is true, too. Um, but I think that's I, th- I think market size probably does have a little bit to do with it. I, mm. I would agree with that. It's also hard. Um, that division has taken a couple of leaps backward. And so when a lot of your divisional games just don't carry the same kind of national intrigue like uh, a, a Bills Dolphins would. Okay, put up Bills Dolphins against Ravens Steelers, for example. Yeah. If this were Ravens Steelers five years ago, no question. Oh, yeah. No question about it. Yeah. Ravens Steelers now. Because Raven Steelers playing on Saturday, that's uh, the first game of the uh, ABC doubleheader for uh, for that Saturday uh, Week 18 setup. Um, just doesn't carry the same weight, and part of it is because Pittsburgh doesn't have a, a franchise quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger. They also squeak by right now at nine and seven. Um, so I think that that is part of it too. Uh, Dallas, Philly, you, your top two teams in that division, really good. If it were Green Bay and Chicago. It won't be like that for a while. But if it were, mm-hmm. kind of interesting, right? So I, I think that does play uh, play a little bit of a part. Or Niners Seahawks from like three seasons ago. Yeah. Those were really good matchups. Now it's Niners Rams maybe. Maybe. Uh, one more. This uh, kind of staying along the, the, the lines of quarterbacks here. What do you think the Bucks should do with Baker Mayfield? Is he your guy for the future? Or do you franchise him for another year and see what he's got? Or do you go after another quarterback who will be available? I think it's a similar situation with Tannehill, where he did just enough to earn recognition with a new team, Mm. with the Titans, and then that became his home for the second half of his career. I think if Baker gets you a division uh, title and you get into the playoffs here, which was completely unheard of, like no one had their their eyes set on the box, right? I think you pay him, and then start to think about QB of the future, but in sort of a groom like state where the get, bridge, a uh, bridge, yeah, that, that that's a better word. Um, 
I think the Falcons were trying to do something similar whenever they, they brought Marcus in there to try to bring up Desmond Ritter. But I think Tampa will probably... I think Tampa's going to end up being one of those teams to grab one of those those you know potentially top four, top five QBs in this coming draft. And uh, there's there's very little risk because that division's so awful. Bad. How awful, How awful is are it? they? Um, I mean, you could win that division, and you reminded me, and I'm glad you did, that you could have a sub 500 team still win that division. Um, scary. And so. Oh, you could have eight wins and still be uh, a division-winning quarterback in the NFC South, and it doesn't put as – I mean, I, I think it leads to to your point that maybe you don't feel like you need a, a new quarterback now, but you have the luxury of, hey, let's just hang around with Baker because we can win eight games and still go somewhere and then figure out who's the next – who's the, who's the Caleb Williams two years from now? Or who's the um, – Michael Penix Jr. two years from now hmm. and and figure it out then. Maybe we've got a second-round draft pick that uh, at QB that we can sit for a year and then start him in 2025 or something. Talia Tagovailoa? I don't know about Talia Tagovailoa. That's a great way to segue into where we're going coming up because he's entered the transfer portal. And there was a part in Pete Dammel's piece today at, at ESPN.com in which he may have given the reason for why he's going into the portal. And it's not just as simple as wanting to play somewhere else. Um, does he realize he doesn't have the same pro potential that he thought he was going to have? Uh, that coming up and whether... There, maybe, maybe there's an NCAA loophole in part of this that I think we need to figure out as well, trying to figure out eligibility, because that's part of it as well. There's, he can enter the portal. Right now, there's no guarantee he even has eligibility for next year. Yep. So there's a lot to keep in mind uh, when we talk about that. Today is, uh, it's not just Kah- uh, Aloha Friday. Oh, I just kind of mixed her up on the read. It's, uh, it's Kahala Friday, because we've got our Kahala. I've got my uh, my my blue whale Kahala shirt. Nice one you got there too. Uh, you can Kahala upgrade Aloha Friday. Yeah, because we know I can't say the. Uh, <laughs> we know I'm just mixing two words together. Kahala Aloha Friday. <laughs> We're gonna get a talking to about that later. <laughs> it's Kahala Friday. Upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island wide. Or at Kahala.com. Could Talia Tongavailoa be taking advantage of the transfer portal in a way it shouldn't be used for? That's next, ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center coming up in uh, just a little while. In fact, about 15 minutes away, uh, we're watching the... Uh, the Century Tournament of uh, Tournament Champions right now on Maui. Uh, thank goodness for a PGA Tour Live on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I'm. It's cool because uh, we're watching that. I'm also learning things from Hunter as, uh, <laughs> as we watch that. We'll share those a little bit later on about uh, some of the intricacies of, uh, of that event. So that's coming up here in just a little while. Uh, the uh, Transfer Portal Hunter, as you kind of teased uh, going into the break, uh, now features Taulia Tonga-Vailoa. He is the uh, Big Ten's all-time passing leader through for over 11,000 yards in four years. He's entering the portal with no guarantee that he's even going to have eligibility next year. 
And you know, there's there's a few things in Pete Thamel's piece because Talia uh, talked to ESPN by phone today, and the two things that come to mind that I, I flagged: one, they're requesting another rule of uh, another year of eligibility because in uh, what 2019, yep. when he was at Alabama, he played in five games. Uh, five games, a total of 26 snaps. Uh, and so they have a, a, a maximum threshold for redshirting is, is four games. But he feels like, you know, okay, that wasn't, that, that wasn't a lot. He was uh, uh, five games as a third-string QB. But again, those 2019. But here's the other thing that I flagged. Uh, and by the way, Maryland is, weirdly enough, it's Maryland – putting in the request for the extra year based on something that happened in Alabama. Go figure. Um, here's the other part. He said he's exploring returning to college to also help better his draft stock. He's projected as a day three pick and hopes another year could help him. As he said to uh, ESPN, and I quote, I think with another opportunity and another year of college, I can raise that to a day one. Obviously, that's the goal. I have the experience to get better. I've seen the defenses before, close quote. Um, this is the first, Hunter, that I have seen someone kind of use the portal. Not just in like, hey, you know, I want to go, you know, play somewhere else, whatever. But it's like the first openly, I'm not good enough for the pros. And so I want to find a way to get another year. So I can raise my draft stock, even if it means I'm going to try to beg the NCAA for one more year of eligibility on what you probably shouldn't. Um, I'm going to try it because right now I don't like that I'm a day three pick. And I'm kind of not thrilled with that. No. Because if you're not, a, if, if it is not believed you're a day one pick now, what makes you think in a year you're going to go from day three to day one? Like I don't. I don't He's know. already the Big Ten's all-time leading passer. Right. I don't. I don't know who's feeding him some of the some of the ideas of hoping for another year, but it's not like let, let's let's take what we talked about with Michael Penix yesterday. Okay. It's not like Taulia does not have tape on him. Um, we talked about with Penix similar with Tonga Vailoa to a Tonga Vailoa, that they had injuries previously. It was Mel Kuyper who said, you know, you're looking for two full years of tape to evaluate someone, especially if they've had injuries. You want, like, a whole body of work. In Taulia's case, there is a heck of a lot more than two years. So There's five. Right. So, and, and five, truly four. But, hey, you're at Alabama. You're always on tape. What what can you do to change two days worth, which is at minimum three rounds? What is possible to do in a year to change that? I'm no QB guru. You played the position. I can't think of anything that would raise your stock unless you have a Heisman caliber campaign. He was the Big Ten passing leader and was never a Heisman candidate. What does that say? Yeah, this to me is the epitome of entitlement, the epitome of thinking that you're above the rules. Um, and like 
football silver spoon sort sort of a situation here. The the rules before COVID were you've got five to play four. No ifs, ands, ors, or buts about it. Right. If you got hurt, you could maybe get one more after that. If you had a family emergency, life-altering circumstance, perhaps. And I, that, that's like super small, eight-point font, perhaps, <laughs> from the NCAA. They did not like giving extra years. Now, everyone thinks that this is just free, open range. He's played in five years, Josh. Tough biscuits. <laughs> that's that's the catchphrase of the week. Tough biscuits. Tough biscuits, dude. If you if you didn't do enough to get to the first uh, the the first day of the draft, I, I got news for you. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I know it's it's got to be hard being in the same household during Christmas time. And Tua is your older brother. He's always been your older brother. Um, you're still going to get an opportunity, but you're, that's the best that's going to happen for you. And the comments are super revealing. The, the, the comments about him saying, I want to go back to college to improve my draft stock. No, like right. if I'm the NCAA, like this is where I draw the line. He was in college before the whole COVID rule was put into place. And that's why. He's had five years to play four. The he would have gotten an extra year if he had redshirted prior to the COVID year. He didn't, and that's why he's out of eligibility right now. The, it would be exactly the same thing as Chevin Cordero trying to get a sixth year right now. Mm-hmm. The exact same thing. Chev played nineteen in a handful of games, came in for relief for Cole McDonald, and then had the the career that he had. Dude, like. It is what it is. I think you you think that your name, you know, it puts you in a higher stock than than what it does. But you're not on the same draft page as Penix or Daniels or uh, Drake May or Caleb Williams. Like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, that's that's as good as it's going to get. And just be thankful that you're probably going to get an opportunity to play professional ball. Yeah, and then go down with a little bit of history that you're the Big Ten's leading pastor. That that's a cool accomplishment. Like I, the, the asking for more on top of that, and jumping into the transfer portal as this kind of limbo holding cell, so that you don't necessarily take more credits or graduate or do something like that. I, that's got to be somewhat of the strategy here. Yeah. It's it's weird for me. When we see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment here at 808-296-1420. I, you know, my other issue with it is that to me, there is, if you haven't, if you have an issue with whether you should have had a red shirt or not in 2019, that should have been taken up in 2020 I'll even go. I'll, I'll even go as far as 2021. I'll, I'll I'll say let's give it two seasons. It's been four seasons later since then. Um, an entire college career for most guys, right? Later, that to me is is an absolute reach. And to, I I've seen the trend like transfer not being able to transfer for so many of my teammates. How that affected them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm putting my foot down here. Yeah. Let's say hi to Paul. Paul, what's up? Happy New Year to 
Okay, I have one comment. Uh, you, uh, Hunter, hi, hi guys. Hey, Paul. Here. Um, so, Hunter, you you specifically said silver spoon. What about Mannings? Paul, this like has nothing to do with the Mannings, my brother. This has it, nothing to do with the Mannings. In an actual draft, he got to say, "No, I don't want to go with this team." That's a totally different story yeah, altogether. It's, it's a different. It's a different subject. I know you're trying to uh, bring the two together. It's not. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, thank you, Paul. Thanks, I, I thank you for the effort. Um, but yeah, you would have you would have failed the test on that one. That to to your credit, a little bit the when you think of Silver Spoon NFL families, the Mannings are absolutely that. Yeah, but th- th- this has to do with college eligibility, trying to play one more year as a student athlete. And Eli was a day one guy. That's he, right. You know that that was number one a, overall kind of guy. I- I- exactly. Uh, Texter from the two six uh, two five eight. I beg your pardon. Says uh, it's not about. The draft stock uh, is is basically what he's saying, which, by the way, is wrong. Uh, not to you know not finish the text or anything, but literally, to uh, Taulia Tongavailoa is saying it's about his stock. Uh, the texter says it's not to raise his stock; it's the one to two million dollars in NIL he will get for one more year in college versus maybe eight hundred thousand dollars to one million dollars he might get with a day three draft like Purdy. That will still be there if he gets one more year. If I, I guess to that point. Maybe I agree with that texter. Okay, okay. I, I think that we're gonna we're gonna see way more decisions to stay in college for guaranteed money. But who's gonna offer you nil money if they don't even know you're gonna play? No, I'm, I'm just saying they will find it for him, especially if he's coming back. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they they love him up there in Maryland. Doesn't sound like he wants to be in Maryland. I think that's that's the other thing. If if he's entering the transfer portal, I saw a Myron Tongavailoa Mosa throw out maybe Notre Dame. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. Sports Center coming up. We've got to look at traffic on the way as well. It's ESPN Honolulu. Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. It's interceptions. I think that's the one big weakness for this team right now. And hey, Brock Purdy's been an MVP candidate for most of the year. In their 12 wins, he's been basically flawless. Just two interceptions in those 12 wins. But in the four losses, nine picks and you cannot get away with that as an NFL quarterback we saw in the Ravens game it kind of compounded as the game went on he threw one early pick Niners get behind Purdy starts pressing and the Ravens are able to kind of pick up on where he's going with the football he's intercepted four times in that game he has to avoid the interceptions those multi-interceptions games because that's the one thing that can take a team that's so good on both sides of the football and cause them to struggle in the postseason off the bench on ESPN Honolulu How vulnerable are the San Francisco 49ers going into the postseason? That was Bill Barnwell, ESPN NFL writer, earlier today on uh, on the web. Uh, we'll get into that coming up in a little while because we know the Niners are the number one seed in the NFC. We know they have won the NFC West. They've got the Los Angeles Rams coming up on Sunday. So what's the vulnerability level? We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, last hour, for those of you just tuning in, we were talking about Taulia Tonga-Vailoa, who has entered the transfer portal with, right now, no eligibility. Um, They're trying to fight to get him a year back because he played five games in 2019 at Alabama, mostly garbage time, except for one game in which he played like 22 snaps. And 
he's hoping and Maryland's trying to help him to get one more year back uh, of eligibility, go play somewhere else. Um, you know, he's saying he's a day three pick. He wants to get in the day one, whatever. It um, used to be one snap. That's right. Well, one snap, then it became four games, yep. which I, I, I thought was reasonable. Definitely. But I'm just painting a picture. Yeah. The minute you stepped on the field and a play happened, your year was gone. They've already made it super lenient. They have. Let that sink in as Mike uh, hangs on. He's been uh, waiting patiently at 808-296-1420. Hi there, Mike. Hey, pretty good. You know, the unintended consequence of that NIL are these guys staying in college. I mean, Ohio State right now has paid six of their defensive guys that were projected as second and third rounders. They're all staying because they're paying them whatever they would get in the NFL. Plus, you're driving a Bentley around Ohio, around that college, and the co-eds. Can you imagine that? Having all that kind of money, driving a car like that, and being on a college campus. In a way, and Mike, thank you for calling. I'll say if, if that's the unintended consequence, that's good for college football. Yep. And I think you are spot on, my friend, where... We are going to start to see a realistic marketing pitch to these players rolled out by these teams on, hey, if, you know, right now it looks like you're slated to go in the first couple of rounds, you would be making XX amount. Right. We can match that if you stay here. Because these teams, you're, you're exactly right. They have that resource in these collectives to take care of these players like that. Now, one thing is going to be really interesting, and it could affect other sports besides besides football. We could see a return to a lot of four-year players. Mm-hmm. We're, we're already starting to see that on the women's side of things. Like Angel Reese has uh, been very vocal about saying, why in the world would I go to the WNBA when I can make twice, even three times what some of the players make in the WNBA? I think it's a very realistic possibility that, you know, right now, Transfer Portal is such a hot topic thing. Guys jump in there. They see the the greener grass. they, they, They jump out there. I think in the next couple of seasons, there will be enough case, um, like, uh, case in point where it doesn't always pay off. Yeah. Um, there, there's going to be enough of those where I could actually see people not jumping in the transfer portal as much and choosing to stay and allowing those collectives to support them financially and keep them on those teams. I, I'm predicting in the next few years, we're seeing a lot more four-year um, four year playing individuals in all of college sports. I'm imagining, um, I'm, I'm imagining incoming freshmen who have a lot of offers and making a decision, school, program, they have the best chance to give me a lot of money now mm-hmm. and a lot of money later, and why leave or why try to find greener grass when I've I've found it before I even played a, exactly. a, a game? Exactly. Um, similar to what he just said on the phone about them driving around Bentleys in the middle of Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's been said also that the jump from college to the NFL in terms of facilities are not always a jump up. Yeah. 
like when guys go from being at Alabama or LSU or Ohio State, Michigan, and then they go and play on the Browns. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a step down in terms of livelihood. You're now an employee. The facilities aren't as nice. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't you stay in college as long as possible right now? Exactly. And again, why do you need like that amount of money in college? I'm not saying that that's going to change because it's not. It's here to stay. Mm -hmm. But even more so, you are setting yourself and your family up right after high school now. Right. You don't have to consider that thought of, oh, do I need to continue my education or jump to professional sports? No, you can stay in college and still get that accomplished. We were having this conversation um, during the break, and something I was thinking about as well, like we were talking about programs like Hawaii, and a lot of people have this belief right now that there's nobody, and and I kind of believe it, that there's nobody out there that is willing to, you know, fork over the money to help with stuff like NIL. There is a, a rainbow collective that's out there, but we don't know what kind of stuff outside of the um, – uh, the the brotherhood grinds and sisterhood grinds program, mm-hmm. but that's I mean that's just straight like that's that's meals, yep. uh, meals in exchange for publicity. It's not you know talking about like you know thousand dollar handshakes or or things like that. We were having or merch lines of players, yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I was thinking of, and I I shared it with you, is if I'm if I'm a program that is helping out with NIL money for a University of Hawaii athlete. It could be football, it could be basketball, whatever it is. Wouldn't I want people to know? Like, I'll give you an example. The Crimson Collective at Utah, they just recently had a thing where they had their women's basketball, and I think it was gymnastics team, and they brought them inside the arena, and they brought out, like, two different vehicles and said, like, choose one. I think one was a truck, one was a well, one, the other one might have been like an SUV, mm-hmm. and they took video of it, smart, put it on social media, smart, uh, and it became a viral thing nationwide. Look at this car dealership; uh, it might not be money, but it is like brand new cars. Totally, like, and I, they can do that. They can do that because they can write it off. Mm-hmm. It's essentially a donation to a university, right? Remember um, when Chevin Cordero had his deal with Central Pacific Bank? Yep. And I think they put out – and they were the smart ones. They had a press release about it. They had a media thing, I think, at the at the campus right down here, um, you know, with, with Chevin. And I think Keith Amemiya might have been there. I can't remember. Um, basically talking about the agreement and, and all that stuff, and it, it got a lot of attention because they made sure it got attention. Yep. They made sure, like, hey, we're supporting uh, you know, the University of Hawaii Athletics by supporting this athlete. We're keeping him here. We're paying him whatever you know amount of money it was, and you know, it, it drives attention. It's good PR, and it's good business. I don't think anybody's done that since. And it's a missed opportunity. It really is. Like, you've got the car dealerships who do the car for car, uh, cars for coaches program hmm. um, to allow coaches to drive one of their vehicles. And they have a whole bunch of dealerships that, that take part in that. Um, if there is a business out there, even if you're giving a, 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 you know, like $50,000 to a student athlete to keep them here for whatever it is that they're doing, 
I would I would promote the you know what out of that. Put it on your social media. Write a press release for it. Hey, we've got so and so. Such good PR. Yeah, we got so and so, and he's wearing our brand line of such and such brand T-shirts. Especially out here, where where um, word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And we see you guys on the phone, so we get to you a moment here. Word of mouth is fourteen twenty. Word of mouth is paramount marketing. Yes, in Hawaii, paramount. And because this NIL stuff is so new, how new is it? <laughs> I'm doing it to myself now. I did it to myself earlier. It's okay. It's so new that I think everyone is everyone that's hip to this conversation at least is curious who's going to be the one. Yeah. Or or who's going to be the the collective of businesses that are jumping in and saying, "Hey, we want to be active in this." Otherwise, people think no one is. There there's there's huge opportunities here. Even if and, and this is the thing. It is a gamble because it it, it is in some ways you're taking a leap on a new form of marketing that hasn't been around before. It's different than how Hawaii businesses have always done business mm-hmm. and always done marketing. However, why not give it a shot where you know you're investing directly back into programs via these student athletes? Yeah. And that's why, you know, the, the Brotherhood Grinds program was done really well because, you know, yeah, okay, we're not talking about money, but we're talking about something else that was needed, right? Meals Food. were needed. Yeah. And you had press releases, you had, you know, gatherings, the get togethers at each of the different restaurants. You had, you know, people of, of, from our area emceeing and you had, you know, you had television cameras and you had our folks taking photos and everything. Like there was a, a lot of pub for that. It was done right to say, Hey, look at us because we're looking out for them. Hmm. I mean, it's simple. It just takes people who understand that to, to execute that. Uh, Tiny's been hanging on patiently. Tiny, what's up? Gosh, how's it going? Good. Yourself? Good, good, good. I, I wanted to give uh, props to Hunter. He cracks me up. I, I remember the day he talked about the cops having watching movies in their car and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> You're my favorite. <laughs> but uh, what I wanted to say was, remember the old Fabulous Five days? I don't yes. Know if you were, were around Early the, 90s, Michigan. Have, no, no, the Fabulous Five. Oh, Hawaii. Hawaii. oh excuse me. Okay. You think Fab Four? Oh, okay. Well, you know, it was uh, Dwight Holiday and uh, Jerome Freeman, Bob Nash, mm-hmm. uh, John Pennybacker, Al Davis. They were at Sizzler Steakhouse doing promotions, signing balls and T-shirts. And then they even did a Toyota commercial. And we got in trouble for it. We got yeah. actually got uh, probation. Uh, but you know what? Bruce O'Neill, who was Red Roach's uh, assistant coach who took over, he got blamed for it, but he was before his time. I mean, he was doing NIL back then. I just, I just wanted to mention that. That was kind of funny. And oh. uh, ta- oh, go ahead. No, oh, go ahead, Tony. No, no. And Taulia, Tonga Vailoa. I know uh, this would never happen. I know, but I thought, you know how in Hawaii we always say, "Oh, that's dirty, man." What if the Dolphins don't sign Tua back, but instead they get Taulia to replace him because he'll have a new contract? <laughs> that's dirty. <laughs> That's dirty, man. And, and, and lastly, I wrote a little song here, and it's called Last Season. It's, it's just a couple of paragraphs here, but it's about uh, uh, Tua and his season and his game this weekend. Has, has, Paul, has, has Paul rubbed off on you? I, I heard that, and I needed to improve that. Because okay, thank it, you. And the weekend on that. <laughs> okay. So, again, it goes to the tune of uh, Last Christmas. It goes like this. Last season, he concussed his head. He'd be MVP, but the Mar Hamlin was dead. 
This year, he's playing the best. He was number one, and he's special. Tua will beat the Bills, because Josh Allen don't have Tyreek Hill. Next Monday, we'll have the results right here with Pacheco and Hunter, because they're special. That's my little promo for you guys. Hey, Liz, clip that later. Tiny, uh. man, that was fantastic. With one alteration, thank goodness Damar Hamlin is alive and yes. well. I know. I, that's why I said it, because he's alive. And I wanted to say it was comeback player of the year, but MVP fit in the in the line better than comeback player of the okay. year. Okay, there it is. Yeah, we needed, we needed to clean that up. Uh, Tiny, good to hear yeah, from you. Have a good weekend, my friend. Thanks for, uh, thanks for calling in. Um, I, I hope when he said we're special... I hope he meant what I thought, what I'd like to think he meant. <laughs> On that note, uh, let's give away. Cars, Josh. <laughs> let's give away a couple of tickets. We've got Rainbow Wahine basketball coming up tomorrow night. It is Hawaii and CSUN at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. The tip-off is at 7, because uh, last night the game against Cal State Bakersfield was at 6. So 7 o'clock, uh, we will do, uh, well, well, Liz has been taking calls all day. So, uh, caller two for you at 808-296-1420. We'll score a pair of tickets for uh, Hawaii and CSUN coming up tomorrow night. Uh, a little bit later on, uh, Malu Garcia, Moana Lua volleyball player, is off to Iowa. She's coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll get some more of your texts and calls here in a moment on Off the Bench. Johnny ESPN Honolulu. Traffic in 30 seconds. Coming up, uh, volleyball. We'll talk with uh, Malu Garcia, Moanalua volleyball player committed to Iowa. Uh, her story's pretty neat, and if you want to know more about the story, we won't go like too far into it. Um, there's a, a really good piece at ESPNHonolulu.com uh, talking about her journey from uh, the Big Island to here, ultimately to Iowa, and how um, rodeo has, uh, has a little bit to do with that. So uh, make sure you check it out when you have a chance at ESPNHolulu.com. Hunter, uh, you ready for the text line? Yes. Are you sure you're ready for the text line? I mean, I can only imagine after that song. (sighs) Texter from the 384. Taylor Ikinaga has large posters at Hawaii USA uh, Federal Credit Union. Got to be NIL. Uh, she is a volleyball player at the University of Hawaii for uh, for those that may not know. I didn't know that. That's, That's good to know. Um, and then we were also, we were talking about before this got really, really NIL deep, we were talking a little bit about the reason why we got into it, which was Taulia Tonga-Vailoa and his interest into entering the portal, hoping for a year of eligibility and, and, and literally just saying, um, I'm a, I'm projected as a day three guy and I want to be a day one guy. Uh, text, uh, this is Byron who said, or Brian, who says a lot can change in a year for a quarterback. For example, Michael Penix, uh, Jalen Daniels, uh, Bo Nix. Um, I don't, Penix is really injury based. This is all different, right? Um, Penix is injury based because there wasn't a lot of film, healthy film of him. Because he had too many, you know, re- really devastating injuries prior. Um, Daniels, I I don't know about him um, because we really got to watch one really good year of him at LSU, 
and uh, and ultimately wins the Heisman. Bo Nix has had several years. He had a Heisman campaign. Um, so, and I don't know that a lot has changed for Bo Nix necessarily, but Tali has had four years in one school. He's been healthy. I don't know what more you can do. Going back to our, our original point, how much more can you do after four years to change your draft stock by at minimum, what, three rounds? Hmm. He says he knows the defenses. The defenses say, we know him. So, <laughs> it's true. He gave me a funny look on it, but it's it's true. We see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a second. Um, so, I, you know, w- what gives? I tend to think defenses, right? In college... Good D coordinators. I mean, what what more in this case? What more is Talia Tongavailoa going to do? Well, that's the thing. I he's the all time uh, Big Ten passing leader in terms of yards, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like people even care about that. Yeah, no, that's that's and that's the telling thing. Numbers don't always lead to eyeballs, and talent doesn't always equal. Numbers. Numbers don't always equal talent. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Uh, Scott, we've got about a minute here. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, real quick, guys. So just wondering uh, if you guys mentioned this or not, but, you know, what if he got the extra year and then gets injured and then goes from a day three status to a free agent status? I mean, that's possible, too. He could run the risk of of worsening his stock draft, correct? Mm, Totally. And, and no, we didn't mention it, uh, but I'm glad you did. Uh, and Scott, I appreciate the call because um, this is where we get into the, the whole real-world conversation. Why I like the NIL because you need to make some real-world, um, you know, adulting decisions. And that's an adulting risk. Um, can, you, can you do that realistically if you do get hurt? Because we're watching the NFL quarterbacks getting hurt all the time. Then what? Are we talking about uh, U, uh, United Football League? Mm. Are you playing in Canada? Or are you a practice squad guy? XFL? That's what I mean, United Football League. They yeah. merged. Oh, okay. <laughs> Malu Garcia is going to join us coming up after we take a look at traffic. We've got Benny Agbayani a little over an hour from right now. Plenty to do here on this Friday. You're listening to Off the Bench Johnny ESPN Honolulu. Hey, we got more uh, women's basketball tickets to give away uh, coming up in a little while. Hawaii and CSUN, Rainbow Wahine, a chance to go 3-0 in Big West Conference play with a win tomorrow. And, you know, we'll we'll say it again. Uh, we'll say it often. The retro jerseys that uh, they showed on the big board last night look sick. Uh, that's something you'll want to check out. And I'm sure some people, uh, if, they, if they sell them, that's, that's a good question I should ask. Are they selling some of these jerseys? If they sell them, they will fly. They will go. Uh, so uh, and we we got to ask our, our good friend Captain Fun. Are they selling the retro jerseys? I don't know if Captain Fun's listening. Do you know who Captain Fun is? I have no idea who Captain Fun is. Do you know Eric Matthews? Now I know. He is Captain Fun. He's How Captain do you Fun. not know he's Captain Fun? There is only one. Uh, uh, there we go. There's only one. Captain Fun. We rhyme. I, I dap him up every, every home UH football game. 
Well, we, 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 we've got to hook you guys up. You know, just like there's, there's uh, one person I will not name who uh, works in our industry. I won't name names except uh, he, is, uh, he is in my all-beverage team who has not met the athletic director yet, yet is basically in the same place as the athletic director every time there is a University of Hawaii game. I'm not naming names. Of course not. But again, we, we, we've got to start you know, hooking some of you guys up. We've we got to do that. Uh, all of our guests appear here on this program, uh, courtesy of our hotline. Uh, I, you know me, Hunter. I'm a little partial to anything that's got uh, Big Island roots. And so uh, when we got an opportunity to talk to uh, Kamaluhia Garcia, uh, who is uh, at Moanalua, who's going to be going pro in volleyball uh, at Iowa, I figured, you know what? Let's let's bring Malu in here, and uh, Malu joins us now uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. Before we kind of talk about what you've been busy with here uh, recently in volleyball, there's a, a really good story on uh, ESPNHonolulu.com, our Difference Maker series, that talks about what ended up getting you here uh, from Hilo off to Honolulu. And I'm curious for you, I, and, I, and we won't talk about you know, kind of how it happened. Uh, I want people to read that at the website. But for you, what was the biggest part of the transition from, you know, little sleepy Hilo to, uh, to to big city here in Honolulu? Do you remember what that was when you were younger? And I don't think we have Malu. Uh, we'll, we'll try to see if we can get her back in here uh, here in just a second. Uh yeah, we don't have Malu. There, there she is. I hear her now. Malu, uh, we, I don't know if you heard the question earlier, but uh, uh, basically we're asking you, do you remember when you were younger, the biggest transition for you from sleepy old Hilo <laughs> to uh, here in the big city in Honolulu? Uh, can you guys hear me right now? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, as I was saying, is it was a very hard transition for me coming from a small, laid-back, um, kind of homegrown area to a big city. Uh, I think Oahu was a very fast pace for me. Uh, everything was just moving so fast. Usually in Hilo, it's so slow, and it was very hard for me to adjust to all of that. So I kind of like over time, it it kind of helped. Like I kind of got used to it. I met a lot of people, and over time, it just it got used to, it and then it started getting normal. Do you remember uh, at what point? that you were up here that you kind of were like, all right, I think I can, I can get used to this. Um, yeah, for me, it was kind of like in middle school, kind of in eighth grade, I started to get used to everything, learn new things. And just like the pace of Hawaii, it was, just, it was very, it was kind of like easy, I guess. So, Speaking of, I, I shouldn't say transitions, but you know, you make a transition to uh, you know, small town Hilo to uh, big city Oahu, and then you were just recently, I believe, in LA, right for the uh, for the Under Armour Next Camp, so uh, from Orlando. or Orlando, big yeah. city to bigger city. Um, talk about that experience there at the uh, the Under Armour event. Oh, it was it was so good. Um, it was a very uh, great experience for a lot of the girls that came up with me. A lot of high-level playing with a lot of athletes that are in college now. Um, it was it was great, honestly. I loved the intensity. I loved meeting new girls. And 
it was a lot of media. I, I would say if that was like one word I could put it in was it was a lot of media. You would wake up with media. You would go to sleep as a, like with media on you, and it was just it was very different for me. But yeah, it was it was other than that, it was great. The playing, going all over the all over, it was something that will like be memorable to me. When you say media, I'm curious. Um, what TV? I mean, who? Who? What? What kind of media types are are surrounding you there? Oh, like all kinds. Like all a, a lot of volleyball media. Um, ESPN U was there, of course. Um, it was just they they try to kind of interview girls. When we first got there, we had a um, a media day where we would take pictures and. Everything was provided for us, all of our gears, um, our plane tickets getting there, our sleeping. Like, everything was provided, and that's something that was, like, really great for me. But on the first day, we had media. We would take pictures. We would be interviewed. We had a kind of, like, a a mic'd up where we would talk to a lot of them for, like, hours of just talking about volleyball and everything. So, it was kind of like a lot of media in your face. Like even when you're walking, people would come up with cameras talking to you about just your experience or how you got here and just like everything. We're talking with uh, Malu Garcia, Under Armour All-American from Moanalua, uh, going to Iowa uh, to continue her collegiate career. She joins us here on ESPN Honolulu. Um, Malia, you know, you were talking about the transition from Hilo to Oahu, and I'm just curious uh, – I'm originally from the Midwest. I'm from Chicago, not far from Iowa. Oh, wow. Wondering if you're quite prepared for that weather transition from Oahu yeah. to Iowa. Yeah, I get a um, I get a lot of questions on that. Like, oh, you're coming from Hawaii. Are you ready for the cold weather? And honestly, I'm not. I'm not ready for the cold weather. I when I took my visit up there, it wasn't. It wasn't even cold. It was like. It was there. It was like warm for them. It was sixty degrees. Oh, yeah. And for me in Hawaii, sixty is like put on a put your pajamas on, put your blanket on, and call it a day. And going to Iowa is just it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. But I feel like I'll be prepared with a lot of stuff that they'll give us. So I got I got a I hack for you. I, I've got a hack for you. Okay, you ready? Wool, yeah. wool socks. Wool socks. Wool socks. That's all you need. If if you have gotcha. wool socks on, the rest of your body is warm. Okay, okay. I gotta write that down. Can you wear wool socks while playing sports? Well, no. Well, once you're in the gym, uh, you're okay. okay. I'm just making sure. Yeah, but from from the bus to the arena, you it, it gets chilly up there, man. Oh yeah, I yeah. When I was up there with my visit, even if just sitting in. The arena is just, it's still cold. Like they have the AC on, like blasting. So um, I think I'll probably keep those socks on until it's like actually time to play. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Iowa. Uh, why Iowa? Well, originally I was committed to Cal Berkeley, Fort Beach, and I was going to play beach volleyball as a, as going up to the next level. But I kind of, I guess fell out of love with the sport. Um, it was a very, it was a very long story on how and why I did that. And I think I just, I just wanted to play indoor. I wanted, I fell love into indoor, and I, I love the fans. I love the, the community of indoor volleyball players and all the like the love they get from everyone. So I wanted to be a part of something like that. 
So when I decommitted from Cal Berkeley, all of my scholarships for all my indoor food kind of got taken away. They gave it away to everyone because they already knew I was committed. So it was kind of hard for me to get at to a high level, to play high-level girls in college. So I was in Kentucky playing, and Iowa actually saw me there, and they came up to me, and they were just, like, in love with in love with me, in love with how I play, and I just love the coaches and everything. So it kind of just, like, it was just a community. It just made me fall in love with them. And Iowa's kind of, like, laid back, too, so it kind of reminded me of Hilo a bit. You know, it, it is laid back, but at the same time, University of Iowa is a very tight-knit community. And, yeah. you know, right now, some, some could even make the case that the biggest uh, personality around Iowa, if not around the country, especially in women's sports, is Caitlin Clark. And so, yes. you know, it, it could also prove to be very advantageous for you in the future, you know, if there becomes possibilities for NIL or things like that with being, I got to think, one of the only women from Hawaii playing on that, that team. This could turn out pretty well for you, don't you think? Yes, and I'm hoping for the best, honestly, when I go up there. Um, Iowa didn't do as good this year as, as their season because a lot of the girls got hurt, but... Uh, all the coaching staff are just trying to make Iowa program come up a bit and just exceed to the next level. And when I go up there, I just I want to do the best as I can and help that program grow stronger and better. We're talking with Malu Garcia, uh, played at Moana Lua, going to Iowa uh, to con- to uh, continue her career collegiately. You know, there was a story, um, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, talking about how, you know, more schools around the country are coming here and looking for even more talent from Hawaii. And I've heard a lot of the conversation about, hey, they're looking for liberos, especially. I mean, you were an outside hitter. Um, where does where does Iowa see you on the floor? Another libero? Or do they see you, you know, on on one of the pins? How, how have they kind of communicated that to you? Yeah, um, as a for me, um, I'm a very undersized hitter. As growing up playing against those mainline girls, so for me, I. I had to really, like, outstand myself. I had to get my vertical up. I had to jump higher. So they are giving me a full scholarship as a situation awful hitter. And I thought that was that was it for me, just getting that and um, proving all these big colleges wrong that you can be an undersized hitter and still make it to the big, to make it to the bigger colleges as long as you, like, work harder and never give up and take some sacrifices. I want to go back to something you said a little while ago when you mentioned Iowa, um, you know, they're in Ames. No, that's Ames is Iowa state. I beg your pardon. But, um, you know, they're in, in Iowa reminded you a little bit of Hilo. Uh, so it, it makes me ask, it's been a while, but, uh, how much do you miss Hilo? Oh, I miss it. I miss it so much. Uh, a lot of my, all of my families live there actually. So it's kind of, it's very hard for me to, be on a whole nother island, especially when I moved up here. It was so hard for me to adjust a lot of things without my family being here. So I do miss it a lot. And in Iowa, it, it kind of reminds me of the countryside of Hilo. So that's why it's it's really good. And Iowa really City. Iowa City, not Ames. I'll get that right at some point because uh, Malu's going to correct yeah. me uh, in the next couple of years if I get it wrong again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> last thing for you, Malu. Um thing you're most proud of 
in in what you've accomplished in volleyball? Doesn't matter when, doesn't matter how. Uh, what what would you say you're you're most proud of? Oh, that's kind of hard. Um, I think the, the is my my growth. I guess as an as a person, but also as an athlete, my growth is it, it has it's been like it's been very hard for me to be where I am right now, and I still know I have still more potential and more hard work I have to give into it. But my growth as coming up here as a seventh grader to a big city, knowing not what's going to happen, if it's going to be good or bad, and just working hard with my parents by my side, working on me every single day, every single night, training me from the morning till I wake up, till I go to sleep. And it just showed so much maturity into my playing and as a person on the court and off the court. So I think that's what I'm most proud of is just my growth as a person, as an individual, but also as a player. That's, that's really good stuff. By the way, since since both Malu and I miss Hilo, I, I do have to give you a piece of news if you didn't know. Um, they closed Cafe 100 down there. No way. I was – wait, really? Yeah, really. Oh, gosh. I was just there, actually. I was there um, – I came back yesterday, so uh, I was there on Saturday. Way to kill the vibe, Josh. Sorry. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they 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 closed Cafe 100. Um and, wow. and I'll, I'll give you one more. I guess since you I guess you weren't around that area, so you you, you didn't get to see if they stole no. uh you, you didn't get your uh, little Smokies Loco Moco mix uh fix. Uh I'll give you one more. Uh since you know, you're in Hilo, you go around the same places, the iconic Burger King uh across from the Longs uh yes. closed. By um yeah. Oh my. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that one. <laughs> What's happening that. to our old home? They're, it's going. It's, they're renovating everything. They're getting it up to date. I guess. <laughs> oh God. She she put it such a you put such a good spin on that, Malu. Uh, I I really appreciate that. Uh, best of luck to you. We'll we'll keep in touch with your career. Uh, keep up the great work. We'll talk to you soon. Go Hawkeyes. Thank you, Thank you guys. Bye. That's uh, Malu Garcia. I didn't mean to be a buzzkill. I mean, it's, you know, it, we, we had to... The, Sounded like that was her favorite place, man. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the, you had to get the latest on the haps in our old hometown, and that was one of the big ones. By the way, for those that don't know Cafe 100, um, really good local mocos. So they had, like, so many different varieties of local mocos. Mine was the Portuguese sausage loco moco. Mm. Put a bunch of gravy on that. It was great. My uh, my grandmother, before it was Cafe 100, on that area of land, Wailoa State Park is right, like, on the other side of that. Um, my grandmother and her family lived on that land before it became a restaurant in Cafe 100. Whoa. Yeah. That's I, cool. Yeah. And now it's closed. Um, yeah, I, I'm, that's the one thing I, I, I'm going to go back next month mm. because, uh, Hawaii baseball is playing at UH. Oh yeah. Hilo. So, uh, I, you know, I was really excited for that trip and, you know, Cafe 100 closed down a couple months ago, but, um, there, there are so many places and you're basically going to be there for one day and there are so many places you have to eat that I haven't had in six years. Well, almost seven, almost what, six and a half years now. 
um, that it is it is kind of ridi- ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, good to connect with her on that. Uh, if you miss any of that, we'll have it on demand at ESPNHonolulu.com. You can play Pigskin Picks with us. It's presented by M. Dyer Global, also brought to you by Young's Fish Market. We've got a weekly prize for this week's games, which start tomorrow, by the way, so get them in. Uh, we've got the uh, grand prize as well at the end of the season. Play along with us at ESPNHonolulu.com. We'll check on traffic right here. You are off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. We'll turn our attention to Monday night's college football playoff national championship and an admission for me as... Um, one one of the suits from uh, from from downstairs, uh, not downstairs. One of the suits from like across the hall had uh, what, pulled me to the side earlier today and was asking me about uh, the the national championship game and said, uh, "If you were a betting man, what would you do?" And I realized about ten seconds after the conversation ended, I realized, yeah, I didn't. I sounded like I didn't know what I was talking about when when it comes to gambling. I'll explain that. Uh, coming up at the uh, the top of the hour uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. You can text us, 808-296-1420. Uh, that's our Zephyr Insurance text line. Rodney asks, talking about Hilo, is Josh related to the great sportscaster Walter Pacheco from Hilo? There is, I wouldn't say a lineage, um, but the last name Pacheco has uh, been in uh, Big Island Radio for a long time. Hmm. Uh, Walter did a, he, he had, um, he did like high school sports for a long time. He had his own show, uh, which is kind of controversial and, uh, they, it had like a buy or sell. There was like an hour of the show where it was a buy or sell. People would call and they're like, Hey, we're selling, uh, I'm trying to think of what they would sell in the early nineties. Uh, we're, we're selling two by fours. Uh, if you want to buy two by fours, give me a call at such and such number. Really? Or, Hey, we're looking to see if anybody's got a, a, a dog house, so we can buy uh, we can buy one and uh, put our dog outside in the dog house. Uh, if you got one, give us a call. It's like live radio, um, yeah. Oh my god, live radio buy and sell. I've never heard anything and, like that. Uh, really controversial commentary and all that stuff. And oh, he did high school games. It is it is so so small market. Um, I worked at the same place that he did. Uh, but no, not related. Um, I did work with his nephew or uncle. I don't, I don't know who it was. Rodney uh, worked with him. Also not related. So uh, anybody who knows uh, Big Island Radio, that's that's that. Not related to any of them. Not the same lineage, but the, the same last name. Uh, texter from the 330, did Cafe 100 close forever? Unfortunately, uh, yes. Hmm. The uh, the local mocos there are what they were known for. Yep. Um, yeah, that's that that's that's that. And is, one, is that on par with like why Lana's shutting down? Uh, ooh, the uh, the coffee house. Yeah. Um, I think in relation because that was to a big lo- deal out here. Yeah, in relation to location, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, I, I and think his, so. And history. Yeah, and it's it's weird to walk around Waikiki and still see that kind of shattered. Yeah. Although they are doing something to that building now, I think they're like extending an ABC store over there or something. Even oh, though- good because we need another one. <laughs> <laughs> Texter from the three five two remembers uh, on KHLO the police beat. 
yeah, that was that was the commentary part um, that that got him in trouble. That that was uh, that was exactly it. So yeah, I I I understand that. So yeah, got it. Uh, text us our eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. You can uh, call us there at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Great to have you in here on the program coming up uh, as as i said we will do the uh the the college football playoff national championship we'll get to that coming up here um in a little bit real quick the the sound at the top of the hour we were talking about the uh the san francisco 49ers and what would make them vulnerable or how vulnerable are they and and i'll ask you that um how vulnerable are the Niners uh, here in about, what, 40 seconds? How vulnerable are they going to the postseason? I don't think they're vulnerable at all. Oh, really? No, I think they're actually the strongest team in the NFC. I, I agree with the number one overall on that side of things. Okay. Um, and I think Purdy got his nicks, if you will, at the right time, and they'll tighten those screws. They're going to be scary in the postseason. You heard Bill Barnwell earlier. He was mentioning um, interceptions. Yeah. And the interception On all of rate. the losses, it's a it's an equal link to the amount of interceptions he's thrown. We'll get more into the NFL coming up in uh, just a little while. I want to remind you, call the coach with Charlie Wade. It's presented by Paxa, and it is coming up uh, Tuesday night, six thirty, Ruby Tuesday at the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. Make sure you join us. Uh, specials there at Ruby Tuesday. And, of course, great conversation on UH Volleyball. Sports Center and traffic coming up next. Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Michigan might get pressure, even on this great offensive line. But Michael Penix Jr., not just last week, but all season. Michigan might get pressure. Even on this great offensive line. But Michael Penix Jr., not just last week, but all season long, has been evading pressure with his feet, slide to the left, slide to the right, and throwing it downfield. And so all of a sudden, okay, Michigan wins with pressure. No, they don't. Michael Penix Jr. evades. Michigan wins with their DBs. No, they don't. What if those receivers get open? Those are the things that'll make this matchup really intriguing. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Sam Ocho earlier today on Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Honolulu. What makes him so intrigued about Monday night's national championship game uh, between Michigan and Washington, one versus two in the country in Houston. We'll have it here on ESPN Honolulu coverage beginning at 1.30. I want to get more into um, what's intriguing about this matchup in a moment. I got to admit, though, um, I was asked a betting question about this game. And... I, I, I made myself sound a little stupid today. So oh one of the suits down the hall, I say suits, but who wears suits here? It's Aloha shirts. So one of the Aloha shirts down the hall nice. was, uh, you know, was, was asking about the game and who I thought was going to win. Um, and then asked me about if you were a betting man, what would you do? And I said, okay, I'd, I'd take the over. Whatever, whatever the over under is, I would, I would take the over. Like, okay, that, you know, that, that was not hard. Um, that, you know, if Washington's playing, there's going to be a lot of points. So I, I don't worry about taking over under. Um, but then the, the question then turned around to, you know, overall, and Michigan is minus four and a half. And so I initially, I said, okay, I'm, I'm picking Washington to win. And then I said, the game's going to be close. 
And so I said, Michigan minus four and a half. I'll take Michigan. I'll take Michigan in the points. And then I realized conversation ended, walked away. And I realized, wait, that makes no sense. If I'm taking Michigan minus four and a half, then I'm taking Michigan in general. Mm-hmm. You can't take Washington, Washington and then say, I'll take Michigan minus four and a half. Um, so I apologize to, uh, <laughs> to, to the uh, suit down the hall. That was dumb. Uh, so to clarify, in, in case they're listening, I'm going uh, Washington, and uh, I'm taking Washington uh, across the board. And the over-under, by the way, is 56 and a half. Mm. I'm still taking the over. Which is, it, it sounds crazy, Mm-mm. because it is. You don't think so? I'm taking the under. Okay, all right. Tell me why. Uh, I th- still believe that Michigan's strongest asset is their defense. They're going to find some way. I could not disagree anymore with that opening soundbite. Mm-hmm. I do think that the the rush is going to play a big part in this game. Um, and on top of that, Michigan's not known for scoring a bunch of points. That's true. And so let's just say both teams are kept to under 25. That, that under is looking real nice. That's interesting. I mean, <sighs> I don't think both teams are going to score north of four touchdowns apiece. You don't think if they can exploit something in Washington's in Washington's defense that Corum can't come up with some chunk plays on the ground that maybe they can't, um, you know, go score for score. Uh, it's it's a different style of offense mm-hmm. where. Michigan, if you want to call it pro style, if you want to call it Midwest, uh, even kind of a boring style of an offense, they aren't the type of team that's going to outscore you. They handle everything in the trenches. They they play more like a traditional SEC team mm-hmm. from the last 10 years where you better beat them inside the tackles um, or they're just going to kind of power through you. Um Occasionally, you'll see J.J. McCarthy make a play with his feet. But, yeah, and, you know, the, the secondary with Washington is actually pretty talented. They they did really well against Texas. Um, so I I do agree with um, that opening soundbite where they, they said that Michigan secondary will, will be tested. But still, if, if you get a hat on Penix, it could affect a lot of things. You know, if, if Washington, I don't, I don't want to say if Washington's smart, um, but with all eyes on the passing game, their running back's going to be in there. Their, their RB one is going to be healthy. He's going to play Monday. I would try to find more ways to get their running back involved and try to open up the pass. Like, you know, everybody scripts plays in the beginning, right? Or or most teams script plays, you know, what, 15 plays or so in the beginning yep. of the game. Yep. I would script a bunch of run plays early. And I would be fine if the first couple possessions, if I'm just trading possessions back and forth, thinking that my defense is going to keep them scoreless. And so you're kind of trading possessions, maybe in the first quarter, set the run up keep setting the run up. Um, Maybe you get a couple of first downs on the run here and there, and then start just airing it out. Just kind of, kind of lull the defense to sleep a little bit and then let Michael Penix do his thing. Like, I don't think he needs to throw for three fifty and four touchdowns. Um, But if he even gets to two fifty and 
two touchdowns uh, or 250 and three touchdowns, it might be enough if you if you call plays. Like this is a great game to see you know what your offensive coordinator is worth mm-hmm. in a in a game like this. You know you got a good defense on the other side. How do you adjust yourself in a week while not losing your own identity? So I I I, I think we all focus on Michael Penix, and I get why. Um, he is the best quarterback in this game. Yes. He's better than JJ McCarthy. He, you know, coach Harbaugh can't tell us otherwise. Um, but sometimes the quarterback doesn't have to make the entirety of the difference. And that's what I think is, is really fascinating about this game, which we'll find out the storylines in this game are really good for not having an sec team in it. Yep. And, uh, this is also going to be one of the first times where a non-Nike team makes it to the championship. I didn't realize that. Of the CFP. Because, well, Michigan's Jordan brand, right? Yes, but uh, um, they're, they're they're not necessarily talking about Michigan. They're talking about Washington. They're Adidas. Oh, okay, okay. Because um, basically all of the Jordan brand stuff is Nike, just mm-hmm. with the Jumpman logo stamped over top. Right. Um, but th- this is the first time that... Uh, you know, an Adidas or an Under Armour or Reebok has made it to the final since the CFP was um, uh, inspired. Under Armour was the uh, the last close one. Mm-hmm. Manti's 2013 uh, Notre Dame team. Um, whenever they played Bama, we know what happened in that game. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, the other thing when you talk about storylines, I, I I need to bring this up. I don't know if Washington has as much to play for. Really? As Michigan. Yep. Okay. I I think there is so much more emotion behind this Michigan team. There's so much more of an us versus everybody mentality kind of killer vibe to this team. I mean, they play with an aggression and almost a a rabid dog kind of um, vibe to them because there is some sort of a, I don't want to say bad boy uh, vibe that we, as the, the, the country, the media, you know, with everything that has surrounded this team, Mm -hmm. they have put on the blinders and just said, we're, we're going to beat everybody and we don't care who, who we have to, who we have to do to do, uh, who we have to play to do that. And yes, Washington is a talented team. I just feel like when you go up against a team that truly has nothing to lose and is playing for each other, that's scary. Absolutely. I, I, you know, I do think Washington does have a little bit to play for. Maybe not the same as, as Michigan. Uh, you know, Washington goes in here. Pac-12 team has not really fared well in the college football playoff for the most part. Um, but this is not your ordinary, hey, we're talking about the Pac-12 in, in a college football playoff championship. Uh, we're talking about a future Big Ten team. Uh, this is a future Big Ten matchup between Washington and Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I, I think generally when we're talking about how the Big Ten is going to look, generally is I think it's a little bit different than the SEC with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. Um, we would be looking at the big 10 and we'd still be saying Michigan. We'd still be saying Ohio state. 
maybe we're talking about USC, hmm. but generally the teams that everybody will still think of at the very top are the ones that are already there. Yep. The West Coast schools going into the Big Ten, name recognition, cool, um, but the ability to hang with the best teams in the Big Ten, they don't seem to get that kind of credit. Hmm. Uh, at least yet. Yeah, and, and I do think some of it is fair. So this is one of those games. I feel like Washington's not only playing for itself, but they're also playing for Oregon, and they're playing for USC, and they're playing for UCLA in saying, hey, you know what? You know, We may play a different style of ball that the Big Ten's not accustomed to, but we deserve and we belong to be in this conference, and we belong to have an opportunity to win a Big Ten title. And while we're not there yet, here's our first opportunity to fire that little strike toward the rest of the conference to say, hey, we're coming. We'll be here. We're not going to be a pushover once we, uh, once we join the conference next year. Yeah, you're hitting on something that I think is unprecedented in terms of in terms of recruiting mm-hmm. in terms of what the Big 10 is going to represent in in a lot of ways it's the first coast to coast conference because the ACC although they're acquiring um Cal, and, Cal Stanford. and Stanford they don't have teams in the Midwest right and so the Big 10 is literally going to have teams from the Atlantic through the entire country all the way to the West Coast. And so I'm curious from a recruiting standpoint if the Oregons, the USC's, the UCLA's are going to strategically try to recruit players away from Michigan, away from Ohio State, away from Penn State, you know, instead of just focusing on your region and hoping that your uh, hoping, wow, hoping, <laughs> that's a good word for the day, hoping, hoping that your guys that you you grab from your area for the most part are better than theirs. Mm-hmm. you got to look at it a little more nationally now. Regional recruiting is not dead, but it's getting there. It is. And for the most part, these blue chip uh, caliber schools are able to go after power um, five-star guys just right off the bat. I'm just wondering if there is going to be more of a, a pointed strategy towards players that are being targeted by those teams. Keanu Textin uh, says he respects Hunter's point, but disagrees. It's the national championship. Washington is everything to play for. Media noise shouldn't be any extra influence for a championship game. It's literally what kids grow up dreaming about and playing pretend to. I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I I do think media noise does play in a little bit. If you're one of those that likes to have a chip on your shoulder yep. and talks about being the underdog, which Washington's already played. Michigan's already used the media noise as everybody against us. So it, 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 it evens out actually between these two, but, and we see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment here at 808-296-1420 to, to act like it doesn't exist or shouldn't exist, uh, or shouldn't be any extra influence. Sometimes coaches love to put that in your face to just kind of like, hey, just in, in case you weren't ready, you know, let's, let's shove this in the bulletin board. I mean, wh- why do you think J.J. McCarthy made the comments about 80% of teams partake in sign stealing? And he tried to clarify that today, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil, thank you for calling in, my friend. How are you? Doing great, guys. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. 
you know, here's the thing with uh, with the way the things shake, uh, were shaken down for this year's CFP. The committee is going to say they got it right because they got their one-two matchup, right? And most of the civilized world is going to be cheering for Washington because somehow, some way, the NCAA has vilified Michigan. Has the NCAA vilified Michigan or or has everybody else? Because technically the NCAA hasn't cracked down on Michigan. That's fair. That's fair. I think. I think the. I, I think a better a better way to describe it would be, the court of public opinion has vilified. There you go. Jim Harbaugh and and uh, and Michigan. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I'm I'm definitely cheering for Washington because I cannot stand Michigan. Uh, I think that whole this whole "woe is me, us against the world" type of thing is a load of hogwash. Um, but. There's compelling stories on either side, really, when you think about it. Um, but I really like the point that you guys were making that the Big Ten, in you know, in its iteration that's coming up next year, is going to be the first transcontinental conference. Um, but I want to flip that on its end, on its ear, a little bit because. I feel like Washington has to play for the pride of the Pac-12 this year. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the last year we're going to have the Pac-12 as we know it. And with all the stuff, all the, the whatever you want to say about the defecting schools going to the Big Ten, Big 12, whatever, um, or or doing their realignment with the, uh, with the mountain West in the case of Oregon state and Washington state. The fact of the matter is that in the 2023 season, you still have the PAC 12 and what a way for the PAC 12 to go out playing for a national championship with arguably the best quarterback in the class in Michael Penix jr. You know, it's a Just good story. Some heads. You know, it's a great, it's a great feel good story for a, for a conference that essentially cannibalized itself. I'll make the argument here, Neil, and thank you for the call. Great Appreciate to hear from you, you listening. Neil. I'll make, I'll make the argument here that why would Washington play for the honor of the PAC 12 Washington helped kill it. it. If not for Washington and Oregon being kind of the final blow to the conference, well, maybe Cal and Stanford, the, the, uh, the, the final nail in the proverbial coffin, but the big blow to the conference was Washington and Oregon uh, following USC and UCLA. I mean, they're the ones that helped kill it. So why would they be like, oh, yeah, we're playing for the uh, memory of the Pac-12, the memory that, that you know, we helped create? I don't, I don't think Washington, and they don't even control the Pac-12 now. All the, the, the money for the Pac-12 is controlled by Washington State and Oregon State. So uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even put that in the conversation. They got their own stuff to worry about. Uh, I would say that I would say that it's certainly wild slash ironic that the last year that it's around, it produced a national contender. 
Yeah, it makes you. Uh, it makes it, it reminds you of failed leadership. Is, is what it does. That what gets could us have been. to this point. Uh, it is uh, Kahala Friday, not just Aloha Friday here on this program. It is Kahala Friday here on Off the Bench. Upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt. Since 1936, pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island wide or at kahala.com. We'll get traffic in here. Benny Ogbayani, 12 minutes away. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Benny Ogbayani coming up in uh, just about seven minutes here off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Finishing up on the college football playoff national championship presented by AT&T. Uh, we'll have that for you Monday, 1.30 broadcast time on ESPN Honolulu. Texter from the 497, Washington is better football players. Huskies win. I don't know. I don't know if Washington has better football players. I almost, I don't, I don't know if I can distinguish who has better football players. I feel like it's That's certain, why we're going to play this game. Yeah, I, I feel like it's certain positions. Okay, Washington better quarterback. Michigan better running back. Uh, wide receivers to me are are split down the middle. Uh, looking forward to seeing what Roman Wilson will do. Yep. Uh, Michigan Monday night. better defense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Michigan better defense. Uh, I'll go special teams. Washington uh, special teams almost uh, cost Michigan. Yep. Uh, on uh, a Monday afternoon in the Rose Bowl game, something's got to be said about Michigan remaining undefeated with having a couple different head coaches this year, like four. Yeah. <laughs> so the, something has to be said about the strength of their starting 22. So coaching edge Michigan. No, uh, no. Uh, this is to the textures. Oh, point oh gotcha, of gotcha. Which team has the better players? Okay. Where uh, we, we talked about it earlier in this week. Is it more about the job that Harbaugh did or more the job of just march that team out there and they're going to get it done? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like it's more the latter. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to think of, of coaching, um, you know, what, what coaching staff has an advantage. Um, and that's why I kind of threw out Michigan. Uh, I thought Michigan probably had the better coaching staff. But again, it's, it's mostly right down the middle, uh, which is why this game is going to be so fun on Monday. We are brought to you by HCAMP, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program, helping parents and students and coaches uh, learn potential signs of a concussion. You can visit hawaiiconcussion.com for more information. Hey, we got um, another pair of tickets to women's basketball, Hawaii and CSUN on Saturday night. We'll do uh, caller number six at 808-296-1420 for those tickets. Uh, so call in right now. We'll get those here uh, through the break. And when we come back, we'll talk with uh, Benny Agbayani, who's uh, now coaching at his alma mater. Coaching baseball, it's next on ESPN Honolulu. Benny Agbayani in a minute here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Congratulations to Shane in Kapolei. He's going to be checking out Rainbow Wahine basketball tomorrow night. The Bows and CSUN, 7 o'clock tip at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Earlier we were talking about NIL Hunter. And uh, one of the things we were trying to talk about was, hey, if you're doing NIL, you should kind of let people know about it um, and be a little more out front. So I just saw this from Adam Schefter a little while ago. Michigan has uh, what what seems to be a really solid campaign. 
It's called the Those Who Stay campaign. Their website is thosewhostayuofm.com, and they have in, like, these big, bold letters. It's Michigan against everyone. Stop our rivals from stealing our players. And, um, you know, it. they actually credit it for keeping guys like Blake Corum uh, and keeping them from leaving. And what they want to do is want to make sure that uh, their rivals don't take their players. In three hours, their NIL collective, which is called the Champion Circle, raised $100,000. There we go. Which sounds actually like chump change for a program like Michigan. Yeah. Uh, but that's just three 000, hours. 100000 so far. Right. I mean. See, that's the power of crowdsourcing. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it it would tell you any other program should do that very same thing. In fact, I just looked now, $196,080, 19% to their $1 million goal with over 1,000 supporters. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, every other school, take note. Even if you're looking for a fraction of that, uh, you've you, you got to do the work. To, uh, to get out there and try to get that kind of campaign out there. Uh, final words coming up in a little bit. Uh, but first, uh, we welcome in Benny Ogbayani, who was uh, just named, as we learned publicly yesterday, the uh, next, uh, actually, uh, yeah, it was yesterday, wasn't it? The, mm-hmm. uh, the next coach, the interim coach of the baseball program at St. Louis School. Benny joins us now. Uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. Benny, first, uh, congratulations. Uh, what does it mean to you to uh, coach the sport that you love, the sport that you took to great heights as a professional, and now to coach it uh, at your alma mater? Um, it means a lot to me um, because uh, that's the only school I know. And it's, um, you know, I, you know, the pride. And, you know, like I always tell everybody, I, I, I bleed red and blue. You know, I was raised... Um, that that school has taught me how to grind things out, adversity, and just you know, just being together and playing as a team, and that you know that strong word brotherhood up at that school. You know, I there's almost no better person to succeed George Gusman, uh, a, a great guy who's coached baseball there for for so long. It almost makes sense to find someone who can continue as the, as you mentioned that brotherhood. Uh, to continue that tradition and and find ways to continue and, and to build and grow that program. Yeah, Coach Gus, you know, he has done a super great job over there. I mean, he's been there a decade. And, you know, hopefully I can fill in and, you know, try to continue, you know, the dynasty up at that school. I mean, you know, that, you know Coach Gus has, you know, done a lot. You know, people don't see he did things behind the scenes. He has... um you know, done well. And, you know, hopefully I can go up there and continue and, you know, just um, build that program and make it strong and, you know, um, get kids to move on to college and, you know, hopefully they um, reach where I reached the MLB. I mean, there's a lot of guys that been through that program that's uh, been to the MLB and it's, they're probably on their way to the MLB, but, you know, it's been a great um, school and a great baseball program. We're talking to Benny Agbayani, who's the uh, interim head coach of St. Louis's baseball program. He joins us here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Benny, it sounds like you've already uh, gotten straight to work, man. It sounds like there's hitting going on behind you. What are you guys uh, working on over there? Oh uh, yeah, we're just working. We, um, you know, everything's 
you know, so fast, you know, I got to start working and, um, you know, trying to put, you know, brainstorm of how, you know, we're going to prepare for the season and, you know, the program, you know, I, you know, I got some young youngsters out there. I got to go look at them and, you know, see what we have. I mean, you know, St. Louis has, you know, have had great amount of good athletes and I, I got to go find those guys. You know, I got to go look at that intermediate, the JV and, you know, I got to build that program, that varsity in a hurry. Yeah, you know, there's there's the building part, and then there's also the uh, the, the relationship building part too. Uh, how much um, of that are you going to put an emphasis on as you are now the, the the new coach up there in building relationship with the team that already exists there? Uh, I got to build a relationship really quick. I mean, I got to get the trust from the kids. The kids got to trust me. Uh, I think they know my background. Uh, I think I just got to make sure they believe in what I'm doing and you know, they're going to um, go out there and just play. Um, they got to know the style I play. And, you know, they just, you know, they just got to make sure they understand that I used to be in their shoes. And we, we got to have that, you know, the communication is going to be big. You know, I got to get to know them real quick and they got to get to know me. And, you know, it's just hard right now because it's, you know, the season's coming around the corner and, you know, it's going to be rough, but, you know, like I tell everybody, I played in New York. I played at the roughest place you can ever play at. And, you know, adversity is going to be a, a big thing. And, you know, just, um, you know, having them believe, believe in de- themselves and believe in me. You mentioned style of play, and, and uh, you know, I, I know you're coaching from, you know, coaching your daughters there at Iolani at in softball. Um, looking at how you're going to coach this baseball team, what is your style? Uh, that is to come. <laughs> he, he's not trying to let the cat out of the bag just yet. I'm sure. Or, or a lot of no, it is learning who you have, right? Yes. I have to learn who I have. I've been, you know, I've been seeing them play. I, I, I know some of them since they're young and I know what I have and, you know, I just got to make sure I, I can bring out the best of all of them. You know, I, I'm sure you're not going to have much of what I'm about to ask to worry about, but You've been coaching softball for a little bit. Are you any mm-hmm. slightly concerned about, you know, needing to brush the dust off in, in a sense, jumping back over to baseball? Uh, not really. Attaboy. I mean, you know, this, <laughs> this is my first love. You know, I always loved coaching baseball. And, you know, I, I, you know, I had two daughters. So, I, you know, I had to learn from them. And just, you know, having the experience from coaching, you know, baseball. Now I'm coach, I coach softball. Now I'm back to baseball, and I think you know I, um, you know I love the game and I have the passion, and that's why I do it. You know, I wanted to ask you on that front. Um, at what point, whether it was while you were still playing the game or not long after, you know, at what point did you say, you know what, I see myself coaching? Whether it's you know coaching your daughters or just coaching in general, do you remember when you you thought you saw that in your future? I think when I, I, I retired in 2009 and, you know, I just wanted to give back, especially to the kids in Hawaii. Um, I see a lot of talent here. So, you know, I wanted to, you know, reach out to the kids and, but, um, you know, I had my, my own kids and, you know, and that's what I wanted to do is whoever I had or whoever I want, whoever was on my um, kids teams, I just wanted to give them the great experience of what I have experienced. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know what I have experienced. I mean, I played, you know, in New York City, the roughest place you can ever play at. And, you know, it's just, you know, giving back to the state of Hawaii, giving back to St. Louis and, you know, just, 
you know, just sitting down and watching these kids on TV or these kids blossom, I mean, that's a, you know, treat for me. You mentioned coaching your daughters that they taught you a little bit too. Um, you know, what, what do you feel like you took away or, or they helped teach you with? Patience. <laughs> and just, you know, like just, you know, um, just watching them and learning, you know, like, you know, what they go through, you know, and just pushing them and, you know, just, you know, they, they, they would, you know, see things on the field. You know, I have, you know, I teach them a lot about the game and they had, they was telling me, Hey, you know, I see this, I see that. So, you know, we got to make sure we, you know, we do this and I, okay. You know, and you know, that's just, you know, the IQ of the game. And that's, you know, what I try to teach my kids is the IQ, what, you know, what is going on. And I'm sure the pride of finding ways to get players to the next level to reach ultimately the the hope of the level that you got um there's got to be no greater feeling right than to see a the success on the field b the success in the classroom and then c continuing a dream uh something that you got to feel right yes i mean there's no greater feeling than that i mean you know to to just get the opportunity to play at the highest level that's you know it's a it's a kid's dream but you know, also, you, you know, when you play, you know, you just want to have that love for the game. If you have that love for the game, it's, it's even better. Benny Agbayani joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, interim head coach of the uh, St. Louis baseball program. Uh, I got this question via our text line, and I'm sure you've been asked this about 40,000 times. So I'll just add one more. Uh, ask Benny about playing for Bobby Valentine. He's uh, he's an interesting guy. He's, I mean, he's the greatest baseball man you can ever be around. I mean, just IQ wise, just just a guy who knows the game. I mean, it, it, you, you couldn't ask for a better coach than that. I mean, I have learned a lot from him. Just you know, being with, around him, being you know in New York, being in Japan with him. I mean, you know that guy. I mean, you know, he was like a second dad to me. Be honest you know, with yeah. be honest with me, Benny. How how uh, how often do you get that question? Too often? Oh, all the all the time, <laughs> all the time. You know, they're always asking me what he's doing, where he where's he at, and you know, it's great. I mean, I always talk to him. You know, I always ask him for advice. I always, you know, lean on him and just kind of see, you know, how how's he doing. I know he's getting older now, and so you know, it's just one of those things where you know, I just make sure that you know he has given me the opportunity. He has taught me a lot of things about the game and, you know, just mentally, physically, and just, you know, uh, you know, now I'm coaching. Now I can just share all of that knowledge. Now you're coaching and he's in TV uh, doing some of the studio work for the angels. So uh, the baseball work continues for both of you. Uh, Benny, thanks so much for giving us time while you got all the hitting going on in the background. Uh, We appreciate you joining us and we'll be following you as the baseball season is literally right around the corner. We can't wait for it. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. All right, Benny, Benny Agbayani joining us uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. I I did have to ask. I'm I'm sure so many people ask, what was it like to play for for Bobby Valentine? Mm -hmm. One of our texters says, you know what? I'll I'll be the the next person to pop that question open. Probably, uh, certainly in the the top 10 of classic baseball personalities. So I I did want to ask, but I don't think he was around for that time. Uh, Do you know the story of the uh, Bobby Valentine mustache? Hmm. 
but I didn't, I didn't want to go any deeper into that. You know, just the, that would have taken away from, from the feature of the interview, which was, which is Benny. So I, I didn't want to go too far there. All right. Uh, we have one more pair of tickets for uh, rainbow Wahine basketball. We just, we're loading it up because we want people to go. We want people to check out the retro unis. We want people to see a uh, rainbow Wahine team, uh, possibly go to three, and zero in big West play tomorrow. Watch them in person yesterday. Uh, they're fun to watch. Uh, they dominated Cal State Bakersfield yesterday. We'll do uh, caller number four this time around at 808-296-1420. That caller is going to Rainbow Wahine basketball tomorrow night against CSUN. And while we do that and get you to traffic in a moment, we want to tell you about Call the Coach. It is presented by PAXA. And on Tuesday night, we'll be featuring uh, Charlie Wade and the University of Hawaii men's volleyball team as uh, they look to go 2-0 tonight. They've got Emmanuel next week. And so in between that, an opportunity to learn about the team and uh, get to see how Charlie feels after uh, the first week of play. It is presented by Paxson. It's live 6.30 p.m. Tuesday, Ruby Tuesday, at the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. Speaking of volleyball, it's coming up tonight. Shelly's heading to Rainbow Wahine basketball tomorrow night hey. against CSUN. I think I know Shelly. Uh, in fact, I think I know where Shelly sits at, at Rainbow Warrior baseball games. I think I know that Shelly. Uh, so uh, we'll see her tomorrow night for Rainbow Wahine basketball. That sounded really weird on the radio just now. Um, that's that's how tight-knit of a uh, Hawaii sports community where we are in. Uh, I think even Steven Sai knows Shelly. Uh, if Steven Sai is listening. Hi, Steven. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, were you? Final words uh, coming up in a moment before game night in uh, in about 12 minutes. You know, we haven't hit, um, and we've just, we've been in football mode. We've been in local mode. Um, we hadn't hit Rainbow Warrior basketball all show today, and... Uh, a much-needed win. I know you had a couple of things that, that you wanted to focus on. Um, first things first, a much-needed win, although I, I'm not like looking back at that game and saying, wow, we looked good, because, frankly, there were times where this team didn't. Uh, the fact that this was an 11-point victory when this team was at, what, what, uh, what by 21, I think it, it was at one point, um, I was having a conversation with with someone um, at the uh, Rainbow Wahine basketball game, and they were shocked because they're thinking, "Yeah, Hawaii's Hawaii's handling them right." And the answer was, um, "No, largest lead was uh, actually it doesn't have largest lead here, but anyway, it was in the twenties, and the fact that it just kind of hung around for as long as it did down to eleven is uh, somewhat disappointing. But ultimately." In this conference, you got to find ways to win, especially if you're on the road, and, uh, and and this team did. And so credit to Hawaii for doing that. It doesn't necessarily make you feel a lot better going into a CSUN game in which CSUN's playing really good basketball, uh, but something really Hawaii kind of needed yesterday. Absolutely. it. Um, I, I think it's one of those opportunities, like what we were talking on the radio yesterday about this could be one of those get back on track uh, victories. It's I like how you said it yesterday. The type of 
uh, wording, the, the, the type of lingo that you use internally as a team, you almost don't want to allude to the fact that you've gone off track. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, Coach Gannat is, uh, is competitive, that they want to compete in this conference. And so getting it done against Bakersfield yesterday uh, definitely needed to happen to sort of set a trajectory towards the rest of this season. Uh, better from the free throw line uh, where they shot 71%. Not a lot better, uh, but better. You know, let's not, let's not be greedy about it. Uh, better on the boards. Uh, that was important. And they got good all-around play. Bernardo Da Silva, two rebounds away from a double-double. Jovan McClanahan, 19 points, four assists, knocked down a couple of threes. So uh, there were some positives there. I think the thing that you're still kind of figuring out is that fifth starters role. Uh, Ryan Rapp got his second consecutive start, but maybe the question is, and Gary and I, I'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow on Rainbow Warrior Countdown. We'll be on the air at uh, two o'clock tomorrow. It's a five o'clock local time start there in, uh, in, in Northridge. Maybe it's not about who gets the start at that position, but who finishes the game at that position. Hmm. Ryan Rapp played just 10 minutes uh, starting in that role, but you look at who else was there. Juan Munoz, 10 minutes. Matthew Cotton, 19 minutes. Fresh Tom, uh, freshman Tom Beatty, 16 minutes. Not a lot of contributions in general. Um, you're looking more at defense from those guys. But I think that's probably going to be the story toward the end. Who was on the floor when it mattered as compared to at the beginning of the game? At, at times where you know you know who's got who's to be on the floor to, se- to secure these wins. I'll tell you what was on the floor that doesn't matter. What? The paint job. <laughs> I hate that paint job. <laughs> the Bakersfield court is horrible. I knew you were going to go there. Not a bad segue, yeah? No. It was okay? It was not bad. Um, you know, having seen that court in person last year, um, it doesn't, once you're there, it doesn't really bother you. I think it's harsher on your eyes on TV because it's farther away, you don't have as good a vision as you know what's in front of you when you're sitting courtside. And I felt this way too with Oregon's court when I was there in 2019. Mm-hmm. While you guys were playing for a Mountain West championship, I was filling in on basketball at Eugene. Mm. And all the talk was about the court and all the stuff on the floor and how distracting it was. And I remember once I sat down and started calling the game, I was like, you know what? This really doesn't bother me at all. It's not a distraction whatsoever. And in, in Bakersfield at the Icardo Center, I said the same thing. This really is not affecting me whatsoever. It's a, it's a TV thing. It looks horrible on TV. In person, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, because your, your depth and horizon line changes drastically. Mm-hmm. Changes drastically. Right. Um, when, uh, when you're playing football, I, I've talked to guys who have played on the blue field at Boise. It doesn't affect you because you're looking – uh, mid uh, midsection of the the opposition and then above. Mm-hmm. Same thing for basketball. You're you're looking at the hoop, so you're 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 hardly ever looking down at the court right. uh, unless you're going for a, uh, a scrambling for a loose ball or something like that. So I could I could understand that. All right. Uh, final words. By the way, again, men's basketball tomorrow, three o'clock. Uh, Gary and I will see you at two for Rainbow Warrior Countdown presented by Hawaii Pacific Health. Uh, we've got college basketball, by the way, uh, tomorrow early in the morning. If you need a little uh, uh, a little pick-me-up uh, before you get to the uh, UH game, we got St. John's and Villanova, 745 right here uh, tomorrow morning. Final words, Hunter, go for it. Um, 
I am not a big fan of the Century Tournament of Champions dropping the Tournament of Champions from their name. Mm-hmm. That's the name of that tournament. I uh, talked about it on whenever I filled in for Let's Talk Sports earlier in this week. You only get to play in this event if you won last year. Similar to uh, majors, where you only get to play in those usually outside of being ranked in the top 50 if you've won the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a rite of passage, uh, an extra honoring, and that that through the years, even with the sponsor changing the name of the tournament is the tournament of champions so just a, a little little gripe because uh, that kind of grinded my gears that grinded your gears yeah it grinds my gears all right get off the get get off my lawn um <laughs> i i will say you did teach me something though um that course you don't see a lot of people watching um, you know, patrons yep. uh, there at the course. Tell, t- tell me why in the 20 seconds we have left. People don't attend that one because uh, it's very difficult to walk. It's positioned on the side of a hill, if not a mountain. And so it's very difficult for people to walk between holes. Yeah, that's not good for cardio. Just uh, And that's not good for your legs. Just ask me doing half of Cocoa Head on Monday. Oh, nice. Four days later, still not good in the legs. Uh, <laughs> game night is coming up next. We'll see you Tuesday.